Welcome to the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency's Indoor Air Plus podcast series. This episode is being recorded at the U.S. Department of Energy's office in Washington, D.C. The Indoor Air Plus team has the privilege of speaking with Sam Rashkin today. Sam is from the U.S. Department of Energy and will be talking about the Zero Energy Ready Home Program and its relationship with the Indoor Air Plus Program and Indoor Air Quality. Hi, this is Nick Hurst with ICF International, and I'm here with Sam Raskin today from the U.S. Department of Energy. Uh, Sam is the Chief Architect for the DOE's Building Technologies Office, and he oversees the DOE Zero Energy Ready Home Program. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us today, Sam. It's good to see you, Nick. Great. Well, uh, we'd like to um, hear from you kind of what's coming down the road with the program and, and with any new technologies. Uh, but first, maybe you want to give us just a, a very brief background about the Zero Energy Ready Home Program and kind of how it came to be? Sure. Uh, Zero Energy Ready Home used to be called the Builders Challenge, and uh, Builders Challenge and now Zero Energy Ready Home were developed as a way to take innovations from DOE's Building America program, which produces innovations for the housing industry for high-performance homes, and deliver those innovations to the industry. So uh, Building America is a research program and develops new ideas and practices. We want to get those applied and used by the industry. So our label very much reflects the best recommendations by the uh, most renowned experts in the nation, sometimes the world, about how to do high-performance buildings. And for builders who work and partner with DOE using that label, they get the recognition to go to the consumer, much like the Energy Cell label does for builders and product manufacturers that work with that program. So it's a vehicle to get to industry uh, innovations from Building America. And let me just say one word about Building America, which is that the housing industry is uniquely um, configured differently from the rest of other industries in the U.S. Most industries are very consolidated with a small number of manufacturers, and those manufacturers have a lot of resources and uh, knowledge about how to innovate their products. In contrast, the housing industry has over 70, 80,000 different builders, wildly dispersed, often very small organizations that are not funded to do innovation and research. And so Building America is this very important hub of innovation for an industry that otherwise doesn't really have a way to address high performance uh, solutions that are critical to the industry. So it's a very important program, and Zero Energy Ready Home gets those to the market. And if we're successful, hopefully, or possibly, the, uh, the Energy Star for Homes program will pick up our work and bring it to their builders who are more mainstream builders. Absolutely. Yeah, it seems like a, a great vehicle. I agree. Um, it's very important, obviously, for a program like this to, to, to bring innovative new technologies into the fore and obviously um, you know, put them in a comprehensive uh, package for, for builders as well. And it's equally important that it doesn't confuse the building industry. So we try to be a really good government set of options for builders that are very, very aligned. So the Zero Energy Ready Home Program is completely matched up to the framework and delivery system of the Energy Star for Homes Program. It has a very identical architecture to the specifications, and it has the exact same verification process. Everything's like a simple staircase for builders who are ready to keep moving up um, each step of the performance ladder, if you will. Great. So in that regard, how does Indoor Air Plus kind of uh, plug in, and, and how, how has it been incorporated into the specs? 
our view of the Zero Energy Ready Home program was that uh, we had to deliver to our builder customers and to our consumer buying customers, uh, uh, home buyers, if you will, a certain value proposition to justify our label. We had to come up with solutions that really meant something to them. And so when we looked at taking housing to the next level of performance, the zero energy ready home level of performance, it was really clear that indoor air quality was not extra credit. It was mandatory. These homes are getting so much better insulated and so much more airtight that you could not do pieces or parts of indoor air quality, much like a green program where you get different points for doing different improvements to air quality. We said it needed to be a comprehensive approach, and for us, there was an off-the-shelf solution. The EPA indoor air package had gone through a tremendous uh, development process and vetting process, and was a off-the-shelf solution for comprehensive indoor air quality, and so it was a natural fit to bring that into the Zero Energy Ready Home program. Right. That makes a lot of sense. It, so from the standpoint of a builder, um, if I'm you know, participating in this program and I'm, I'm going through the checklist and I'm doing all the right things, what, how do I communicate that value, especially the value of indoor air quality, uh, to the consumer in, in an effective way? That's a great question because, in fact, communicating the value is just as important, sometimes more important than the technical solutions. Because if the builder is not going to be successful selling the specification and the label to the market, there's no reason for them to stay working with you. It's a voluntary program. So for us, we've studied and studied how to make this value proposition work. And a lot of our research in uh, uh, looking out into uh, best practices for marketing, communicating uh, any value, led us to realization that um, effective communication means there's absolute clarity. And that clarity often is achieved by contrast. If you choose our solution, you get this. If you don't choose our solution, you get that. So the way that we like to work with the builders on all of our value propositions, which include health, comfort, quality, technology, uh, energy efficiency, and um, uh, all these improvements, durability, all these improvements are conveyed the same way, which is we have developed through a very uh, detailed, quantified analysis a set of comparison bars between what you get from the zero energy ready home label to the Energy Star for Homes specification to an existing home based on a 1993 MEC vintage home. And so we show comparatively how much health you get, for instance. And if you want all the health recommendations by the nation's leading organization and experts that should be in every new home, you get all the recommendations because the bar showing that how much you get is the full width of the diagram. And if you only do Energy Star for Homes, you get half those recommendations. Not because Energy Star for Homes is a bad program. It's just it's focused on the building science and the energy efficient performance at a certain increment above code. So you want it with half the recommendations. And if you go to an existing home, you get hardly any. So very, uh, with a lot of clarity, you understand, basically, as a consumer, if I want all the health recommendations for myself and my family and my children, I can go zero energy ready. If I want to go with half those recommendations by the leading experts for health, I can go to an energy star home, and I can just go existing if I don't care. 
or I'll have to figure out solutions after I buy the house. So it becomes so much more effective, we believe, for the builder to sell help because now there's a difference. Virtually everyone who's in a green program or even the Energy Star program is touting it's more comfortable, it's more healthy, it's more durable, it's more safe. So what does that mean? Our job was to make it mean something. And it means the same thing in energy efficiency. If you want the level of energy efficient performance that the best experts in the nation recommend, you get that with Energy Star. You only go to a third less of what they recommend, you can go and you get that with zero energy ready home. If you want to go about a third less, you can go to uh, Energy Star for Home, labeled uh, builder. And if you want to have hardly any of the recommendations for efficient performance, you can buy an existing home. Same for technology, same for durability, same for quality. And so all these things in terms of the values that we're presenting now are choices people have to make and therefore compromises they have to accept if they don't choose to buy the zero energy ready home. And that's how we think um, we create a good platform for builders to communicate value. There's lots of other things that we recommend. For instance, we're hearing over and over numerous times that builders sell homes to buyers after they put all the indoor air plus improvements in through the zero energy ready home spec. And afterwards, children who've had to use inhalers are able to throw away the inhalers within two or three months. So we would recommend that they share that experience with the buyers. Again, the clarity is the contrast. Before we had the song, we had to use inhalers after we did it. Wouldn't you agree, this is something you'd love to have for your children if they're using inhalers? And it's a very simple choice. Right. It seems like builders have a great opportunity, obviously, to showcase what has happened, you know, the, those great experiences that their homeowners have already, um, you know, recognized in, in those homes. So It's a great opportunity to showcase it, but unless they introduce that clarity, that contrast, it won't have the impact. At least that's, that's our strategy that yeah. we're looking at. Absolutely. So there's a lot of components that go into zero energy ready. Obviously, like you mentioned, you start with energy efficiency, uh, you have water efficiency, uh, of course, indoor air quality and moisture management are, are aspects there, and then you have solar ready uh, components as well. Can you kind of dive into um, the moisture management and indoor air quality uh, pieces a little bit more and kind of why you think those are you know, substantially important um, for a high performance home program, especially when you're building uh, you know, super tight houses like these builders are? Well, Maybe let me first address the overall um, architecture of the labels, specifications, because the individual pieces are all important, but how they fit as a system is really, I think, what really drives for us the effectiveness of this label as a risk management strategy for builders. And, and the first risk we mentioned already a little bit is the performance risk. It, uh, buildings today are so much better insulated and so much more airtight that uh, everything changes. And even if you're building a code building or a low per square building, like hundreds of thousands of homes are doing today, each year, if that's where you're at, you're already in that risk arena because with the additional insulation and air tightness, first of all, you're building a construction assembly that can no longer dry, where in the past it used to be able to dry. And you're also building a construction assembly where the outside surface in cold weather is much, much colder because the heat flow through the wall assembly or roof is reduced with the additional insulation and air tightness. So if you have any weak spots where it can get through, 
you have a much greater winning potential. And if you don't have good comprehensive water management, that means that where the building used to be able to drive, it can't. So water management and moisture flow management are like absolute risk management essentials, or you're facing a lot of potential liability that you don't want to have as a builder. So that's number one in terms of the architecture. Once we go into more effectively insulated air sealed envelopes, we have to do the moisture management. Secondly, what happens with the insulation and air tightness and the better windows is the loads are so much reduced, heating, cooling loads. So much so that the airflow is radically less than it used to be, cubic feet per minute, flowing through ducts, and the swing seasons are much longer because we don't need to start cooling and heating in buildings that are that much better insulated. So where we may not have a cooling or a heating load, we still may have a moisture load because it's still humid outside, and the system normally provides the moisture management by cooling air flowing over coils that's not happening during longer swing seasons. And secondly, with less airflow, you no longer get away without designing the duct system and knowing that you're getting good mixing throughout the house. So there's a whole different imperative about designing an optimized comfort system. And comfort's no longer heating and cooling, it's heating, cooling, and humidity. So that's number two. And then the third risk we mentioned is that the house is tighter, so the indoor air quality risk is much greater for builders because they have less air infiltration, and also any uh, contaminants inside the home will accumulate at a greater rate. So we have obligations to address those. The other part of the architecture for us is this differ differentiation risk that you have to manage as a builder. It's more and more uh, competitive. In fact, today, um, existing homes are selling at 85% of the total uh, number of homes sold in the marketplace. And you have to compete better and provide more reasons. And so you can differentiate better by using more efficient components that take your loads along with the lower heating and cooling loads down even lower to the point where you can offset all the energy in the building with solar or renewable power. And so solar-ready construction nails down that uh, differentiation possibility because now your house can be a zero-ready house, and that's a very powerful uh, way to go to market and engage consumers with a very exciting performance level. So that's what drives our spec. Right. Moisture management, optimized comfort, indoor air uh, as comprehensive, and uh, solar-ready construction. That is the foundation of the zero-energy-ready home spec all for those very practical reasons of managing risk and delivering a better solution to the marketplace. Yeah. So the builders who are doing zero energy ready and indoor air plus, they have a great value proposition for, for the consumer, for the home buyer. Uh, they're obviously able to manage the risk. Uh, I'm curious, kind of, what are some of the bigger challenges that um, builders may, may have in kind of um, hitting, hitting the target? And are there any solutions that you've seen um, for, for the challenges too? So the big challenges for builders in the Zero Energy Ready Home Program begin with first getting the ducts inside the conditioned space. For, uh, for decades and decades, for over half a century, the, uh, often the primary solution has been putting uh, ducts in unconditioned attics or unconditioned crawl spaces. And so there's some design or technical uh, changes that have to be made to get those ducts in conditioned space. So lots of options 
lots of solutions, all of them cost effective, but it's difficult to uh, redo your your construction business in a way that is is that different. So that that's a, a, a challenge number one. Number two, in hot humid markets, you will often need a separate whole house dehumidifier for all the reasons that we talked about. Right. Comfort's no longer just heating and cooling. A low load house with long swing seasons in a hot humid market, we're kind of coming to our senses and, and making the uh, that region realize that you have to have a dehumidification solution. Just relying on the air conditioning running 12 months a year is not the solution. So that could be a challenge number two. A third challenge that comes up very uh, often will be um, the requirement that the hot water distribution system, that way we get water from the hot water from the heater to the fixtures and showers and sinks and so forth, that has to be done more efficiently. We often waste about three to 6,000 gallons a year just waiting for hot water because the way we distribute hot water from the heater to the fixtures is so inefficient. And so the three options for how to do that, but it's forcing the industry to uh, think about something that they haven't really thought about that much because um, it wasn't really top of mind. And what winds up happening, of course, is consumers love when they get instant hot water from the fixtures. And once you try it, you have to have it kind of mentality sits in. But that could be a challenge for some builders. And maybe the next biggest challenge, and I'll leave with just these four, is the ventilation system. I think there's no trouble with getting ventilation systems that meet ASHRAE 62.2, the national standard for how we provide whole house ventilation. The trouble is the lowest cost systems often don't provide very consistent or adequate ventilation, not nearly as much as a good balance system. But a balance system can cost five, six, seven times as much cost. And so getting an industry to spend that much more for something that they're not sure about how to sell, get back to that communication question earlier, that can be a challenge. And I'll layer on one more issue with the ventilation, which is uh, even with the more expensive systems and the balance systems, if you do install them right, which is a whole infrastructure issue, you get a whole set of professionals that know how to put these systems in correctly, which is a a challenge itself in many markets. But even if you put the system in correctly, a balanced ventilation system, it still is a different ownership responsibility for the homeowner. They have to maintain the system where its performance will drop off substantially. Uh, often the outdoor intakes can get clogged with leaves or dust or debris. Uh, the filters may not be changed. And particularly, many homeowners aren't disciplined about changing even that first filter, let alone now a new additional piece of equipment, the ventilation system and its and its filters. And then there's other fine-tuning and, and maintenance that needs to be done with the ventilation system. So when you have a house that has so much less tolerance for uh, good indoor air quality without ventilation, you have to really start thinking how do builders weigh in and create a behavior change in homeowners so they maintain a new piece of equipment they're not used to not used to owning. Yeah, absolutely. And homeowner education certainly is a is uh, one of those things that we want to see more builders doing. Uh, indoor plus, you know, as a provision to provide homeowners with a you know a resource guide or, or manual for how to run their their home effectively and efficiently. So. Um, I'm curious, kind of, uh, you know, Indoor Air Plus has 
uh, focus on combustion pollutants as well. You, you touched a little bit on kind of ventilation and, and some of those uh, nuances and, and sometimes challenges for builders. What do you think are some of the most important measures um, that should be considered by a builder when to address combustion pollutants when you're uh, building a high-performance zero-energy-ready home? Well, for me, the first no-brainer is to start by using direct vent equipment for the water heater and furnaces. Um, I, I know there's still a preference in the more mild and hot climates to still use gravity exhaust equipment. Uh, but fortunately, often there, the equipment's not in the conditioned space. It might be in the garage. But anytime you have combustion water heat or water heaters or uh, combustion spacing equipment, you want to go direct vent. You want to bifurcate the air needs of combustion from the house there. And you can do that very effectively and completely mitigate any risk of backflow or uh, fire issues from uh, reverse flow of the air. It, it, it's a very, like much of a no-brainer. The harder challenge with combustion byproducts is associated with cooking. And from the research we know, in fact, this particulate matter that's 2.5 microns or greater PM 2.5 is, in fact, the most significant health hazard inside our homes. And that's coupled with the other research finding, which is that the range hoods and downdrafts that we install at our cooking appliances, at our range hoods, or at our ranges, aren't very effective. Uh, often 33% or less capture efficiency. So we have our most significant pollutant, and we have a technology that doesn't do a very good job of capturing it. And then we can layer on again the behavior of the consumer and how often they actually use their exhaust equipment at the uh, range uh, to ensure that they're getting rid of this very dangerous contaminant. So, um, you know, where we're beginning right now is uh, with indoor air plus, and uh, then by, design, uh, by link to zero energy ready home, we're at least getting the ASHRAE 62.2 requirement that you have, you have to have spot ventilation in the kitchen that gets rid of the exhaust from cooking to outside. So we have that as a start. But I think that's one of the areas for significant improvement. And we're going to introduce, I think, a lot of innovations in the future for that. Great. That's excellent to hear. On that note, you know, at the Department of Energy, you guys uh, obviously have a, a good glimpse into some of those cutting-edge uh, technologies that are in development. Uh, you know, range capture efficiency might be one of those things that we'll see some uh, developments in down the road. What are some other things that you've seen lately that are kind of inspiring in terms of new products or technologies? Uh, most of our innovations are focus, focusing on, on solutions for the three primary risks that I mentioned earlier, which is moisture-managed construction assemblies due to the um, nature of better insulated airtight homes. It is on uh, optimized comfort uh, systems for low-load homes, particularly very, very low-load homes that you get with zero-energy-ready home construction. And third is on indoor air quality solutions, particularly smart ventilation systems and these high-capture exhaust systems for kitchens. And we'll, I'll go through those one at a time, just with a quick 10,000-foot view of where we think we're going. In terms of moisture-managed construction assemblies, what we hope to do is complete research in the next three years that defines clear choices for the housing industry. And you can have, in effect, almost like a, a, a set of guidance 
um, labels next to every choice you make uh, that define the risk. So the, uh, and the three risk categories I think we, we are looking at are um, for moisture risk, for cost risk, and for performance risk, or consumer experience. And so if you want to use one type of wall where there's more risk, you'll know the risk, or you'll know the cost, or you'll know the experience won't be as good. And I think calibrating that, again, will create clarity and effectiveness for communicating it to the buyers. We only use these assemblies because it's the least risk for you. You won't ever have a moisture problem. It's the lowest cost of ownership. And they'll be the best experience for comfort, durability, and health in your house. So that's why we, so they'll have the comparative ability. So giving the housing industry very clear moisture managed solutions for construction assemblies is one innovation. Right. It's not a specific product, but it, it's a guidance solution that's so much missing and then translates into a way to go to market and be more effective. The second thing we're looking at is to develop um, develop solutions for optimized comfort that ensure the builder that they know by using this type of system they'll get adequate flow and mixing throughout the house and they'll manage moisture. So we define those solutions for all the different climates and help the industry make good choices. And the third is we use smart ventilation systems. Uh, we develop smart ventilation systems that are less energy intensive and more effective at um, diluting all the contaminants in the building. And then we mentioned the high capture efficiency technologies and more effectively exhausting combustion products of cooking. And that will also include a label on the products, much like the Energy Star label, that uh, quantify that capture efficiency. So those are major innovations that will be in the market in the next three to five years. Excellent. Very exciting. Well, we certainly appreciate all the work uh, you guys do at the Department of Energy to uh, to push those things out into the industry and, um, and to you know, set up a prime example with the Zero Energy Ready Homes program of something that the builder can, can tackle and participate in and, uh, and really you know, increase and grow their business in their market, too. So thanks again for taking the time to sit with us and chat today, Sam. If you'd like to find out more information about Sam's work at the DOE and, and how you can participate in this great program, go to energy.gov and search Zero Energy Ready Homes. And also be sure to check out the Indoor Air Plus website for more resources. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at EPAIA+. Thanks again for listening.